And there was one part, I think it's towards the end of the book, where Corrine is asking her a question, like, can't you just tell us yes or no? And she still is, and you're like, she's worthless. Just drop her off like old baggage somewhere because she ain't going to make it. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Novel Universe with your hosts, Dawn and Ashley. And... We are trying to do this on YouTube this time. We'll see if this works. If not, this is all for nothing. All right. Um, For this podcast, first, I want to apologize for any music in my background. I have noisy neighbors, and they have decided to play their music very loud today. So sorry if you hear that. Um, Otherwise, we are going to be reviewing and discussing Realm Breaker by Victoria Aveyard. And before we begin, if you are new here... Hi. If you are not new here, well, actually, if you are new here, I'm still on the new people. Uh, Ashley and I will be doing a spoiler-free review. We will talk about our dislikes and then our likes, and then we will go into a spoiler review where we will let you know when we get there so that you will not be spoiled. All right. Please follow us on Instagram because sometimes we post there. Cool. Sometimes. Sometimes. Like, Like a few times. <laughs> all right so let's get to the synopsis of realm breaker i'm going to try and talk loud over my noisy neighbors and here it is a strange darkness grows in all word even coriane on amarat i don't know how to say any of these names can feel it tucked away in her small town at the edge of the sea she soon discovers the truth. She is the last of an ancient lineage, the last hope to save the world from destruction. But she won't be alone. Even as darkness falls, she is joined by a band of unlikely companions, a squire forced to choose between home and honor, an immortal avenging a broken promise, an assassin exiled and bloodthirsty, an ancient sorceress whose riddles hide in eerie foresight, a forger with a secret past, a bounty hunter with a score to settle, and together they stand against a vicious opponent invincible and determined to burn all kingdoms to ash and an army unlike anything the realm has ever witnessed yes you heard it folks there are like 20 characters in this <laughs> yes. oh man all right ashley okay. we do not know what we rate the book we do not talk to each other so this is all going to be new to us as well as you as to if we liked the book or not so Ashley, what did you what did you rate Realm Breaker? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, I rated this book like a 2.53. I'm sorry, 2.53? Like between a 2.5 and a 3. Oh, I thought I No, sorry. <laughs> I thought she said a 2.53. I was like that's an odd. Yeah, okay. I know. Mm-mm. That little thirst. <laughs> tenth of a point yeah um this was not a favorite of ashley's yeah ashley is the fantasy architect so i'm interested to hear what you thought of this world which is quite big by the way Mm -hmm. yeah 
Okay. Well, um, I gave it a three and a half. So usually we flop, F- flop. Usually we flip, and I'm the lower end, and you're the higher end. So this yeah. is interesting. Yeah, I gave it a three and a half. Ashley has certain stipulations, like Don has certain stipulations, and a lot of mine were not met. This was a book that I had a really hard time getting back into, and I think it might have been because of how dense this world is. You can't just pop out for a hot second. You got to just keep trudging along, because when I would like have a longer reading period, I would be okay, but then if I got out of it... To get back in, I just lost all sense of umph to keep going. <laughs> okay. So that is part of the reason why it is rated what it is. I feel like a two point five might be too harsh. I don't know. Hey. Usually, I'm not this harsh with ratings. I mean, no, you're not. I went really back and forth with what I was originally going to give it a three and a half, and I was like, I just really didn't like it enough to give it. <laughs> yeah considering that I excuse me that I skip read through the second half of the book and I still gave it a three and a half Um, I did not if I would have skip read maybe I would have had a higher rating (laughs) yeah I I totally skip read this book Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start with our dislikes, but we're going to go through the characters first because there are so many of them, and we're going to talk about them individually without spoiling anything. Uh, so let's start with, well, the main character. I was calling her Coraline. I I read the book, and I was just saying everybody's name wrong. And I don't know if you do this, but when I read a book, and if I say the person's name wrong the first time, that's it. It's going to be that for the... It don't matter. It's going to be that for the rest of the book. No. A hundred percent. If I call you Jay, your name is Jay. If I can't <laughs> pronounce it and I say, uh, you know, what if... What if... Like, that's your name. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Um, but this, the main character that we follow who's supposed to be like our main person is Corrine. Corrine. Um, she's an Amorat. Apparently, that's how they pronounce that whole thing. She's like the last of this ancient lineage, you know, the last hope, last Jedi-style girl there. Um, and apparently, she's a pirate daughter, but there was no referencing to piratism, if you will, at yeah, all was. in her background. Her mom's there was a like, pirate. Her mom's a pirate. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, she's There's not. No shimmery timbers and ahoy, whatever. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, and then the next guy is who? Andrew oh, Trellin. Yeah. Is that how you say his name? Andrew. Andrew. Squire. The Squire. Um, Wait, are we just gonna are we just gonna describe who they are? Or are we gonna give our review of them? Because I think we should give, give a me, review. Give me Corrine's review for you. Okay. I thought that in the beginning of the book with her mother, her and her mother, the dynamic was good. But then once that ended, I did not care about her. She was pointless. She's kind of flat. Yeah. They only needed her body because she has the bloodline. They, they didn't really, if they didn't need her body, then I don't, she wouldn't have been important. And I don't feel like that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I have some other things that I want to say on that once we get to the spoiler part. But, okay. yeah, it was, uh, she was not your average, like, last hope of the world, if you will. Which could be a good thing or maybe it's a bad thing. But she's not a rememberable character because she doesn't do that. She doesn't have that amazing aha moment. There's constant strife where she's like, I don't know what they need me for. I don't have any skills. Like, they could just, like, I don't know how to do any of this. They're just carrying me along, like, dead weight. So that's that's the vibe I got from her, which was not good. No, Because I feel like we're supposed to like her. Oh, we are. We're supposed to root for her. But I wasn't. I wasn't. Nope. I think I had more feelings towards the, the squire than I did her. Like, <laughs> because his story is, like, super um, just tragic, sappy, like, not really the guy that um, is the hero in every story, even though he's striving to be the hero, but he just can't seem to get there because his past is, like, what's holding him down. And he struggles with that and just accepting, you know, what his place is. But I have more heartfelt feelings towards Andre, especially with his whole backstory. I also thought he was dead weight because he had something important. And once they got it, why is he here? I kind of like what you said, that he Mm -hmm. has something to prove. And that kind of made me like him more because if you hadn't have said that, he would. Mm-hmm. I think he's just a love interest for yep. Coriane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely just a love interest because there's like that weird little spark between them. Yeah, that you kind of get hinted at. Uh, but yet again, once his duty is fulfilled, it's kind of like he flatlines a little bit. Yeah, you know. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with his with with especially with their two characters in book two because there's a lot of backstory we are definitely needing from them to help motivate us to care about them yeah. <laughs> as characters. Well, right. next one we have who is a Dom? Yeah. The immortal. Yeah. The elder, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't know what the heck all that means because he said it enough times. I'm the prince of Iona. I'm the prince of Iona. I'm like, dude, if you say that one more damn time. And you're hard to kill. We get it. We get it. You're immortal. Oh, um, man. I, once again, he was kind of a waste of space. I put in my notes that he. the only reason why, <coughs> excuse me, the only reason why they seem to need him is because he's the muscle if you will but we have Sorsha for that I don't know how to say her name I'm calling her Sorsha the assassin that's what she's there for so why do we need him he's dumb he is so dumb there were and I listed all of his dumb moments <clears throat> number one I can't read my writing um he doesn't know what okay so towards the end of the book um somebody is captured and they have like shackles and Sorsha I don't know how to say her name she is she's an assassin so she's well trained and she like pulls a needle somewhere out of her person and Dom says are you gonna sew a hole or sew a sew up a hole in your shirt 
No, dumbass. She's picking the lock in her shop. So that was number one. The second one was, okay, this guy is 300 years old, 200 years old. He's old. This guy gets stabbed and he pulls out the knife so he could bleed to death. <laughs> Even Coriane was like, no, 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 don't do that. Dumb. And then at one point, so like we're midway through the book, they're just coming across strangers, just strangers on the road. And he announces to the stranger that he has the sword that everyone's looking for. I'm like, that is not something you go around announcing to strangers. Oh it's my like God. It's like he lost his intelligence halfway through the book because he was quite an intelligible dude in my opinion in the beginning because he's out on this quest he's trying to find Corrine you know to help right a wrong that was wronged the first time yada 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 and you're like okay he's you know like the wise old Gandalf going out trying to find Frodo like literally Aviard references that this was a lot that Lord of the Rings was a um, huge impact on this storyline which is why we had this merry band of thieves that's out to save the world if you yeah. so it's like he's supposed to be the smart one he's supposed to be the brains of this whole entire thing and then there were moments where i was like are you dumb <laughs> it's almost like because i feel like sorsha 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 the assassin i feel like she's his love interest and so she like literally makes him tongue-tied and stupid because he doesn't know how to act around her because i feel like all of his dumb moments are when she's around and he's always like oh she would just die in the middle of the forest would be fine no one would be you know looking for her yada yada i have something oh. to say about that but i'm gonna save that for my dislikes. Let me make Do sure it. That. I'm gonna say that. Do it. Okay. All right. Who's next? Sorsha. Sorsha. Okay. So the assassin. The assassin. Sorsha. Her her mysterious backstory was far more interesting than her in the moment. They just yes. kept hinting at all this amazingly mysterious stuff, and I'm like, but nothing was answered. I I was doing no. some skip reading. Was anything answered? No, nothing. I think we learn we learning like what guild she's been exiled from, but we still don't exactly know why. What she did, the why has never been answered. There's some All more skepticism. Yeah, <laughs> there's some more stuff we can talk about her in the spoiler, but yeah, I didn't, and I and because of that, I didn't like her, and she was really bitchy to Dom for no reason and once again we can talk about that later because I have mm -hmm. something to say about that but yeah mm -hmm. she's like in the epitome of someone who's like really smart but super bloodthirsty and is kind of just letting her revenge get in the way of her wits because she has these moments which we can talk about in the spoiler part that you still are that you're like oh well she's not the dumbest bulb in the box no she's like, not she dumb really, at all she really is smart in what she's doing and her reasoning behind it but we never find out what the, the why so you're left guessing and trying to pull 
out her character and her personality traits and why this is the way that it is. And there's just no connection to it. It's just left all up in a question mark. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't like when authors do that. Like, I understand you have to have some mystery for the next book, but give us something. You have to answer something. Why was she kicked out of her guild? And there were like three or four other questions that could have been answered in this book and she doesn't answer any of them nope 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 um okay so the next one is the witch which is Baltic right is that how you say her name Baltic yeah who cares she's just Dumbledore Dumb- and, and, and the worst part of Dumbledore because it's, it's the, she's the Dumbledore who knows all the answers but makes Harry figure it out on his own just tell us yeah. already stop with these yeah. riddles already just say it it's just riddle after riddle oh, like so she stupid. literally speaks in riddles all the time and there was one part I think it's towards the end of the book where Corrine is asking her a question like can't you just tell us yes or no and she still is and you're like she's worthless just drop her off like old baggage somewhere because she ain't gonna make it (laughs) (laughs) she once again in the first half of the book she does something interesting and you're like oh and then second half booty big Mm -hmm. booty Okay, who's the next one? I say we skip the forger and the bounty hunter because they're in. They don't come into the book until the last twenty percent, and who cares? Who cares? Skip yeah. them. Let's go to Erida. Are we going to Erida? Well, she's a char- she has her own chapters. We'll just say that she is the queen of Alward. No, Alward. Alward is the whole thing. She's the queen of Galland. Galland. Yeah. We'll just say that because she's got a lot of spoilers. We won't talk about her. She's a bomb-ass queen. That's all I'm going to say about her. Let's get into dislikes, which that was like, like the characters. I basically just said all Mm -hmm. my dislikes for the characters, so I don't have to do that. Okay, so here's my biggest dislike of this book. Aveyard makes an attempt to write an epic fantasy because that's what this is it is kind of a game of thrones a lord of the rings like huge epic fantasy but i don't think she's a good enough writer to do it she tried very hard i don't think she's i don't think her writing capability can handle this world unfortunately yeah i my number one dislike for this book is that there is so much of a lack of character development and world development that it really just it creates a big problem with connecting to the story and for me plot driven books can be done really really well if the plot itself is complex enough for us as readers to follow when you're trying to mix in seven different characters and their POVs and their little backstories that you don't really get anything of, you're kind of just left, like, wanting more. I was never satisfied when I was reading, and that was my biggest, biggest qualm with this book. I have no connection to any of these characters except for one of them, who was enticing to me to read. I... I can't connect with them on a deeper level. I don't care about their quest. Like, no, it is 
it's this big whole thing and I just I applaud her for the resemblance between um, Lord of the Rings I really do because it is like all of these people that she's picked to put together you know that are needed to help complete this quest they're of different backgrounds it's a very diverse world super excited about it but it is so just grade A baseline that I don't feel like we've we reached that next level yeah yeah that she's lacking I think I think her problem is that she tried to cram a lot or most of this world into book one whereas she should have taken like the Bardugo approach or Cassandra Clare where she has a huge number of books and expands the world which with each book I think she would have been better off doing it that way instead of trying to explain her entire world in a 30 page prologue yes yes 100% agree because my next <laughs> my next dislike and this is because I did not have this item I didn't have a map I didn't know where the heck I was oh half God. the time this world is so big it is so big and I had no map no. could not tell you how far you know they were traveling how long different distance was I listened to a booktuber who was explaining she's like oh my gosh this map is so helpful because you could see how long it took them and I was like wish I had it I wish I had it <laughs> it didn't come with our no <sighs> No, Which I stunk really bad. Yeah, I tried to look it up online, but then when you expand it, because you have to see the smaller, it, it blurred out, and so I couldn't see anything. Couldn't see and according mm -hmm. to some booktubers, this was different continents of land masses, yep. and I yep. just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Mm -hmm. So I gave up. Yeah, yeah, I did too. What was um, another one of yours? The pacing, the pacing was odd. So, so this book is almost 600 pages and the prologue is 30 pages. Like it's a long prologue. And then there would be these 10 page action sequences. It felt like she was anticipating that this was going to be turned into a movie or a show. So she's going to write these very long action sequences with Sorsha and whoever else she's with but it was way too long and then it's like it took them 500 pages to get to the place where they're finally supposed to get to or to or to okay so it took them 500 pages to find out where they're supposed to go and then to get there it took them three pages uh -huh. i was like really okay uh -huh. it was just uh -huh. i know it was bananas it reminds me of some other books we've read where we're still traveling along down the road. Doop -a -doop -a -doop -a -doop. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Um, let's see. I got lost a lot in this book. Just there was just a lot of disconjointedness happening. I just got lost. I didn't know if I was supposed to be like excited about like uh the characters or the plot or where we were going or finding the other merry band of the thieves there was just a lot 
that was happening. I was having very similar flashbacks to, um, we read, ooh, what was her name? It was another adult fantasy book that we read, and I was having a hard time, like, connecting to the book. N.K. Jemison's book. Okay. Because I, because I would pop out, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, go, you gotta go way back in there. Mind you, N.K. Jemison's book was way better written than, than this was because of N.K. Jemison. So, <laughs> but it was, I was having that struggle again. And when that happens for me, when I'm not wanting to be immersed in a book, I actually don't want to do it. I, it is taking way too long to put myself back into this book. Yeah. Um, I have like little, well, I guess it's not little stuff, but, um, AVR does this thing and this kind of goes along with the pacing. She does this thing where the character is told some very important information and they believe it immediately without question. I, Mm -hmm. I hate that. You have an almost 600-page mm-hmm. book. She can ask a couple questions. It's okay. I hate that. I You've also, got room to grow. Yeah. I also... Uh, this is a like and a dislike. I So there are several adults in this book. And there are like over 30. However, the, the adults are immature. And I would have to remember that Dom is 300 and Sorsha is 35 and Sigil and Charlie are in their 30s because they acted like they were 17. And that's Uh that's bad writing, unfortunately. If you can't write an adult character, then don't. Uh Uh Yeah, because there were certain moments where I was like, is this supposed to be like adult? Like, Like new age adult? Like yeah am i missing something because yeah because the main characters were written so mature and then there would be the other ones that are supposed to be older and you're like why do they sound like they're 10 or 12 like just these weird little like well she hurt me and she he pulled my hair and he doesn't want to help me like there was just like a lot of that like bickering going on yeah. that i was like who are you and how old are you exactly <laughs> Yeah. Like something that I ask my kids all the time. Like, how old are you? <laughs> um, yeah, there this is this next one is um sort of like a, a little nitpick here. Uh I felt like the story just got started towards the end of the book. I feel like we really were able to take off and then all of a sudden the story was ending. And this book does leave you on a cliffhanger because it's part of a trilogy. Of course, it's going to have some drastic ending, but the momentum of this book, like Dom was talking about with the pacing, it really was struggling in some areas because if I'm just now getting into this book at page 500, there's a problem. There's a problem with the pacing. Yeah. Because then I was like, well, great. I've wasted all this time. And they just started to answer one question. This is great. <laughs> uh, I did not like... I'm I'm assuming the Dom Sorsha is an enemies to lovers. But it is not written well at all. Because, because Sorsha, for some reason, doesn't like Dom. I understand if she doesn't like Dom because he's a freaking idiot. I get that. 
but she just doesn't like him at all and like you said they're just sniping at each other and bickering that doesn't make you an enemy you need to have a reason as to why you're an enemy and not just because there was a misunderstanding at the beginning of the book or this person is a bit of a dip like no you like a good enemies to lovers there's a good reason why they're enemies yep. and then they become lovers so i don't know I don't know why she thought she could write enemies to lovers, but it just did not land at all. It was bad. No, and it what what's <laughs> what stunk too is that I was pining for them. I was like hoping for the moment where it would pop out as to why they're irking each other so badly. And then when it didn't, I was like, why am I still struggling with this? Like, it wasn't a Cassandra Clare moment where you're like, yes, come on. You, you know you want them to. You just, you're so ready for it. Yeah. You know, because Cassandra Clare writes really good character relationships. She just does. So yeah. you're all in it for everybody. Uh, but this one, it was like, the, the fact that this book is not a romance, it is literally just pure fantasy. It is a epic fantasy world if you will um this having this hidden romance in the background I don't think helped because I think she was trying to have it so you were connecting with the characters to kind of move the story along well guess what I'm not excited about anybody's romance I don't care no I don't I don't care I, I did have some little hope for Sorsha and Dom and I was like I'm over it I'm over it especially with the prison scene with the <laughs> with the pick she pulls out. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Oh my goodness. All right. Um, my next one are nitpicks. It's nitpicking time. <laughs> and okay, so this is my this is one nitpick that okay. So in this world, there are immortals. And then, okay, like like legit immortals, and everybody knows it. They all know who these people are. They're okay with it. However, the spindle thing is a fantasy, a children's story, and just incredibly implausible. Um, you have immortals, but it, you can't believe that there's something that can open other realms, but you believe in immortals. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I that's a nitpick, but it's like, eh. it's so if I know someone is immortal, then I'm believing everything you tell me. Dragons can fly, and they're coming, they're coming to dinner. Sure. What do they like to eat? Like I'm believing everything you say. If you're 300 years old, I'm believing you. Yeah, but it's almost like the immortals were the dumb ones. Oh, they were. <laughs> Because this is this is an like a, a nitpick for me is the fact that there was so many fantasy things, but there was there was like a sprinkle of magic. Like the magic was questionable, but yet having the immortals wasn't. That just they just they just exist. Yeah. So the whole idea of this spindle and basically it not working. I think it was. It it. I think Aviard had described it as what would have happened if the if the Fellowship of the Rings failed. Yeah, I watched that, that was video too. That the whole too. point of the spindle thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, I kind of get that now. 
but it's almost like there's this weird whimsicalness about this spindle that no one can believe. It's like it's like us believing in unicorns. Yeah. Right? That they that they exist. That's that's exactly what it felt like. But yet you have people who are walking the earth that are older than t- trees in your backyard. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so there was just this d- weird disconjointedness that I it bothered me so much. And then and then the the immortals came from a different realm. Well, yeah. how do you think they got there? They just yeah. fell from the sky. No dummies. They came through a rip in the earth. Like, how do you think they got there? A spindle. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. I I unzippered this cloud and we fell out. Oh my goodness! Just like a rainbow. Uh huh. No. Oh man. Okay. Any other nitpicks? Um, my other nitpick is okay. So, I guess I already kind of said it. Yeah. It was, there were so many questions unanswered. Mm-hmm. That's my, mm-hmm. that was my last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've said all of mine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, let's Move get into, into our likes. Okay. Uh, go ahead. What'd you like? That, okay, this book has literally the best prologue I have ever read to a book. Wow. I, I, like, and I say that because I was immediately like, "What is happening? And what? Why? Why is this? The, the there's these twin brothers, and they're fighting, and one's coming from power, and one's coming from you know a farmer or whatever. And like, what is going on in this whole entire thing? I was very invested in the prologue, and then when we jumped into the actual characters of this book that we're supposed to follow, I was like. I feel like I just stepped out of a different realm in and of itself. Yeah. You know, so I, it, but the, yeah, it was, that part was incredibly well done from a fantasy world perspective. I was like instantly there like, <laughs> okay, we're at this big battle, you know, with all the mountains around us and like the world's ripping in half and we're letting things in and out and things are happening Dead's being raised from the ground and blah. It's great. That was one of my first likes of this whole thing. (laughs) Uh, I liked the idea kind of going along what you're saying. And that's the reason why I gave it such a high rating for Dawn. 3.5 is high for... Yeah, it's kind of high for me for this type of story. Considering all the dislikes I said, giving it a 3.5 is pretty good. But I like the idea of the different realms and dimensions can come over. Um, I like that it's, it's it's a very simple plot that they just need to stop the spindle. You know, it's very simple, which I appreciate. I like a good simple plot and then the rest of the stuff is complex. So I did like the idea of it. And there's other things in this book that I like that, that we can't say in the spoiler free. But um, I like that she kind of tried to do something different by putting adults mm-hmm. in her book which I thought you know because usually these YA books these teens are 17 and yet they know how to do everything with no adults around them but in this book she has adults in her book that kind of help them because that makes sense and um she tried to do something different she tried to write against trope so I appreciate the attempt far more in this book than I would any other book Mm-hmm. yeah I, I actually really enjoyed the fact that this book is like super diverse 
And I say that because a lot of the characters come from very diverse continents and backgrounds and stories and stuff like that. So I appreciate the diversity that was spread throughout this book. Um, because she would explain those really well. Like, I knew what people looked like. And, you know, to the best of my ability as someone who conjures characters in her brain. Yeah. But I enjoyed that it wasn't just one simple, like, continent that we were on. It was multiple continents that were on and floating through. Uh, that was my second to like. Um, that was kind of, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's not, I'm pretty sure Game of Thrones is not the first world to do this. But that did kind of remind me of Game of Thrones because the farther north you went up, the paler, the paler you were. And the farther south mm-hmm. you went, the darker you were. Uh, so that's in Game of Thrones. I'm pretty sure other worlds do that too, but that's kind of what it reminded me of. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. I liked Erida. Uh, she was my favorite character in the book. She wasn't in it enough. Uh, I would have mm-hmm. liked. I, I honestly, if this book was about her, I would have enjoyed it far more than what I got here. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. I agree with you. She was literally my favorite character of this whole entire book. And when her POVs would pop up, I was like, yes. Yeah. I, I yes. ate them up. Yeah. Her whole story, I ate up. And I can get to, we can get to more of that in the spoiler part. Um, my next like is that I really enjoyed that the chosen one didn't know everything out of nowhere. Like, that 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 AVR definitely went against trope in that particular aspect because usually a lot of these chosen ones have that aha moment where all of a sudden they know exactly how all the pieces are going to fit together and how they're going to save the world from ruin and the chosen one in this book literally does not have a freaking clue what to do ever they're just going along with the flow because they know that they're needed but at this, the same time, that's a bad thing, too, because then she became boring. Because once again, as, as I was saying, she's just a tool. She's just a, she's just a body. They just need her body because she is a core. But yeah. at the same time, she doesn't know everything, which is realistic. So it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah, because I liked it and I didn't like it. But I did like it for the most part because it was like, that's refreshing that you don't just all of a sudden know how to adult in this world that you were in because you don't know how to adult. It was very believable in that aspect. Yeah. Um, Because the adults were kind of guiding her decisions with, with that, which is like, oh, you know, when you think of, I wish I'd leaned to Lord of the Rings more to reference it more, but Air is it Aragon? It's it is Aragon. When Aragon's like helping Frodo, you know, it's like yeah. he's kind of that that wise soul that is like, I'm here for you, dude. You can do it. It's fine, but I will take care of it. You just do this one little thing, which is to throw the ring into Mordor. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I did really like that part. Uh, the last thing I liked was she did have some pretty good quotes. I think I got three. One of them I didn't realize was the tagline, a king of ashes is still a king. I thought that oh, was yeah, I pretty wrote good. Too. Yeah. Uh, my ambition is stronger than my shame. I thought that one was pretty good. And then uh, uh, Corianne, Cori, whatever her name is. I was calling her Coraline. 
she has mommy issues because her mom is a pirate and she wants to she's tired of being on this land she 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 has the pirate life in her blood and she wants to go but her mom is like of course being protective and letting her know we are we are a bunch of murderers and thieves we're not good people you're a good person and i don't want you a part of this but of course she's 17 she doesn't see it that way and so when her mom leaves and is like and her mom's like you cannot come with me she says, at least my father was good enough to abandon me once. You've done it a thousand times. I was like, well, there you go. That sums up her relationship right there. So she did have some good good quotes and good lines that really made you think. And they were like good themes. I think these quotes kind of meld into several themes that you could kind of pick apart. Which we're not going to do, but sometimes we do that, yeah. but we're not going to do that. Yeah. I had a quote that's I think it's, I think Dom says it, sorrow is a mortal endeavor, and I have no use for it. Yeah. Like, like, this book was, I applaud AVR in that aspect, because I feel like I haven't heard these taglines before, or no. these, like, mm -hmm. what was me moments, or aha moments, so I applauded that, because I was like, oh, shoot, have these little golden nuggets in there, and you're like, that's brilliant, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's see, and the villain's. This is my last little thing. The villains in this story were super enticing. Yeah. I wanted to know everything about them. And usually I'm not, like, the person that's, like, rooting for the villains to win. But I was definitely rooting for the villains to win in this book because I had more information on them and they were more likable characters. <laughs> yeah. I, I love a good villain. If a book yeah. has a good villain, it's, like yay i'm all for it if the villain's bad or it kind of poops out at the end i i drop stars immediately but yeah this book has a couple of really good villains and i'm excited i i won't be reading the next book but maybe i'll listen to some booktubes it'll tell me <laughs> i don't like this book enough to read book two it's just too long and if i have to follow sorsha and the man of and the band of mary thieves i can't i can't like he said i don't care yeah. Ooh. Okay. Well, that has been our spoiler. You want I just to say else? one more thing. One more thing. Go. Um. Okay. So this book has several POVs. It's different characters coming from different parts of the world, and they're trying to save the world. And if, but Ashley and I, we like this book, but not love. We didn't love it. So if you like the style of writing and the style of storytelling and you want it in a better package, There Will Come a Darkness by Katie Rose Poole is a much better book than this. It doesn't get any like attention. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it, you have to think a little bit more. It's not fluffy. But yeah, There Will Come a Darkness is infinitely better than this one. And I'm not saying this one's bad, but it's just so much better. Mm -hmm. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> so if you have not finished this book and do not want to be spoiled, you can pop out now and you can join us next time as June is going to be our beach reads. We're doing beach reads. And then I think July is our romance month because, uh -oh. you know. Infamous romance it's infamous. The infamous July romance month. 
<laughs> so join us next time for our next podcast. And if you want to hang out and listen to what we have to say about the rest of this book, you can in five, four, three, two, one. <sighs> Should we talk about Arida? Yeah, I think we have to. Okay, so Arida did not get a lot of uh, audio time no. previously, because if we would have told you any of this, we would have spoiled a bunch of the book. Yeah. <sighs> Arida is the villainous queen, right? So she marries Tristan. We'll just Tarsten. call him Tristan. He's Tristan Tarsten, I think. And she, she basically marries him because it's all for the good of her kingdom, right? Like, she's trying to protect her kingdom Bullshit. and the title and whatever. Bullshit. And she... No. And she, no. Yeah. She's not trying yeah. to protect her kingdom. She wants... She wants land. She wants to conquer yeah. because her father didn't do it. It's about herself, yeah. man. It ain't about her people. And that's why it's great. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's great. So, but this is the facade that she gives off. Okay. She gives off the facade that... <laughs> She is, like, doing this all for the betterment of her kingdom. She even says, like, find me a guy to marry as long as he is useful to me and is not as smart or is smartish like me. I think she quotes something similar along those lines like that. That he would have the same drive or something like that that she would in order to accomplish the things that she has set out to do for her kingdom. But is not going to overshadow her because she's the big prospect in this whole entire thing. So that was like a big cliffhanger that she, not cliffhanger, but that big pivotal moment where it was like she is like searching for a prince and whatever. And they're trying to get her on their team. The whole merry band of thieves is. And guess who walks out? The other villain himself. Well, before you get there, before you get there. At first, I thought Arida was a dumbass because um, Audrey, Aubrey, what's his name, Andre, he comes to her and he's like, hey, 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 queen, there is some shenanigans going on out there. And she's like, I don't believe you. And don't tell anybody. We'll just keep it to ourselves. At first, I was like, "Um, excuse me, do you really think that no one's going to find out about this? Is she really that dumb? Which I think she was. But... She's helping Audrey, Andre, and you know his mom and everything. And she's so nice. I mean, she's a great character from the start. And mm-hmm. I, I put it together two sentences before it happened because <laughs> when they, when the three of them are in her chambers and they're like, uh, and Andre's like, uh, see, I have people here to confirm what I'm saying. First of all, she agreed with them way too quickly. I was like, mm, that was too quick. But I was like, I don't know, Corianne did the exact same thing. So maybe this is just bad writing. But then she mm-hmm. says to, to Corianne, we only we we can only walk the path in front of us. And I was like, that's not that's not right. People used to say you have to create your own path. So I thought that was yep. really odd that she said that. And because I was so focused on that, I didn't catch the sword comment. I missed it. Did you catch it? I didn't catch the sword comment until it was he was Oh no no, no, I did. Because he says it to somebody else. But they were she was like, Oh yeah, and I'm carrying the sword as well. And I'm like, girlfriend, you just gave the whole entire thing away. 
But but Irida Irida knew. Because then Andrew looks at her and goes, "I never told her I had this sword." Yeah, but did you catch her comment to Corianne? She was like, "Oh, do you have the sword?" And Corianne's like, "Yeah," because she don't know. And it didn't occur to me that he only told his mom. He didn't tell anybody else. And I was just like, how did I miss that? But right before, as they were walking out, I was like, this is really odd. And I was like, I bet she's marrying Tristan because it's very secretive as to who her betrothed is. And uh -huh. sure enough, man, it was, even though I guess it, it was, it was great. When he held her hand and was like, I never told her about the sword. I was like, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, no, that <laughs> moment I was like, I'm like y'all get y'all get locked up right now. It's all happening. Guess what? Yeah. You thought you were just gonna recruit her as number five in your posse, and it's gonna work. <laughs> number five. She's more like number ten by this time. <laughs> no, this is before the forager and the. That's um, true. Bounty hunter. Yeah, come in. So she would she, be five. She, she would have been five. She would've been five. <laughs> but oh my gosh, it was that was like the best part. Yeah, I was like. You just sold yourself to the devil. <laughs> She's okay with it, though. But I did like her character because she... She definitely... Like, I feel like I was more invested in her story. Because guess what? We got more things on who Arida was. You were personally connected to her. Like, like I said in the spoiler-free edition of our episode... That was my biggest caveat with this whole entire book was the fact that I did not feel connected to any of the characters except for the villain. Why yeah. is that? You give me six other people to talk about, but the villain is the only one that I'm connected to. Is well, there even, a reason why? Even Tristan. I mean, we find out that he was basically orphaned. The elder just tossed him aside. And then he follows the he worships what waits or the devil, if you will. And he what wants oh, yeah. I love that. I love yes. that by the way. I was like, that's a great yeah. name for for the devil. What waits. Well the whole entire time I was like, Who's what waits? And I was like, Well, it has to be the devil. <laughs> and they kept capitalizing it too. Yes. Like it was it was capitalized. Yeah. Like that was its name. That's his name. Like, was it like death when we read the book thief? Like I think it was. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but that, she, like, we got. But Tarasen's story is so dramatic too. Yeah. We didn't get any of that with any of the other characters. You know, Andre's got his mom that he cares deeply about, but she's the only like living lifeline that he has left because she's like super sick. But he, Andre, like regrets his being alive with the spindle not working the first time you yeah. know so it's like the whole entire time it's this huge pity party oh my god you know yeah him between, was between him and dom that pity party was was <sighs> ridiculous if yeah. i if i have to hear they, about core whatever his name is one more dang time i'm like why don't you just marry him already like oh my god mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah but Erida and Terristan or whatever his name is, like that was the best story. Because like she's wanting to like put on her duties too, because she was like, What do I do with the marriage bed here? And he literally just he was like, her cheek. 
nope. But that was so that was so hot though that he like turned her down a couple times. I know. I, know. I was like. But then Whoa. when she stands up to like for him, when her advisor it like point like tried to poison him, girl, he was like, what? It was what like was... he had a moment where he's like, oh, I guess she's useful because she could keep you alive. <laughs> okay, so her her advisor is her cousin, and he's trying to usurp her basically, which I loved that whole dynamic because she was kind of playing the fool the whole time. And mm-hmm. but she but she was always one step ahead of him, which I thought was great. But I'm like, okay, so you are going to poison him in front of everybody. What if he dies? What's your end game? Like, I don't understand why he did that. That was really stupid. And then he oh. says, "What are you?" Which which is a valid question. Is he immortal? Like, mm-hmm. how come he didn't die? Yep. That's another question that well, didn't get answered. No, because he's he's set. I thought he said that he he's immortal, but she could still die. Well, yeah, because she's... But he's not an elder, so how is he immortal? I don't know, but they said it. <laughs> Something happened where he's immortal. Because he's, he's a core. Yeah. Cores aren't immortal because his brother died. Mm-hmm. So something, something's amiss. Something's going on there, which is a good thing because it's, it's a mystery. Like- yeah didn't he kill his brother though yeah he killed his brother he killed him Mm -hmm. and this was another question that i had and i don't know if it's going to get answered or if i'm supposed to be asking but okay so cor and tristan are twin brothers and they were they're like one of the last of this line but the the elder queen i can't remember her name uh, like i can't remember her name just the i she oh fair uh Edonia, she's the queen of Edonia. Well, she's the queen of Iona, but she has a name. I can't remember Iona. what it is. Iona, <laughs> Edonia, oh my gosh. But she she keeps one and kicks the other one to the curb. Why would she yeah. do that? It was that did I miss why why not have a spare? If you have two of one of the last lines left, why keep one and throw one out? Was there a prophecy? Was he doomed to be a bad guy? I, that wasn't answered, and I wanted to know why she did that. That was amazing. Why keep a spare? I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you? There's only two of them left. You gotta, you know, if one dies, you have another one. I'm assuming she kept, she wanted them because he's, they can open a spindle. They have the yep. bloodline, and they're trying to get back home. The elders are trying to peace out. And that was their way of piecing mm-hmm. out. But he died. Yep. So why would you kick the yep. other one to the curb? Like, it was just, I, I wish I knew why. I don't know. Your question is not going to be answered. So maybe book two. Book two. Or three. <laughs> um, let's see. I really want to know what happened to Sorsha. Like, I know that we keep saying it, but I want to know what her backstory is. Because it just, I feel like it would make her character even more intense. I saw someone had, like, referenced her as, like, Inej is what they would reference her as. And I was like, this is not Inej. Like, Inej's backstory is, like, whoop. Like, on a whole other playing field. She wishes. Sorsha is not Inej. She wishes. Sorsha wishes she was Inej. Yeah. (laughs) Because Inej is intense. 
Oh my goodness. More questions not answered. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is all about Sorsha. I know we're saying her name all kind of wrong, sorry. But, okay, yes. so we know that she... <laughs> was she sold as a kid or was she orphaned? I can't remember. I don't know. But she, she's been on her own for a very long time. And she was kicked out of her guild. But before that, she says that she had a job at the castle four years ago. Erida's parents were murdered four years ago. Did she kill her parents? Oh. Like. Yeah, because she references that she knew how to get out of that prison. Yeah. And she knew her way around the castle. She had a job at the castle four years ago. Coincidentally, Erin's parents were killed. So I don't know if that's... If she was supposed to and she didn't. And that's why she was kicked out. I know that uh, Erida's cousin had a hit on her. But her advisor paid it off. So I guess that's... That wasn't why she got kicked out. I don't know. But that's another question that wasn't answered. Why was she Why was she kicked out of her guild? Yeah. That's a good hypothesis, though, on that, because I would not have pulled that out. <laughs> well, it was in the first half of the book when I wasn't skip reading. Um, okay, here's a question I want you to answer. Hopefully you can answer. So I know okay. what Erida, I know what Erida gets out of Tristan, world domination. What does he get out of her? Ooh, I think he gets an easier way to move his armies how, how he wants to. Because he has the armies, and that was, like, the whole big main thing was that he had the, the manpower. But you can't exert manpower without profitable cause, right? Like, underneath an empire. So the fact that now he's married into an empire is world domination okay. is more of a feasible thing. Well, I thought he had an army. He had an army of zombies. So I was like, well, why would he need her army if he has an army of zombies? He don't need her. But, I mean, I guess that makes sense. It and validates him. It makes him like po- important through her. People will listen to po- him. Okay. Like, politically, yeah. he's... She, he needs her. <laughs> I was going to make a crude reference, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but, yeah, that was my, my whole take on it, was that. So then that way he was more of a believable world dominator, you know. Mm-hmm. I hope that she doesn't make Erida turn good. I hope she keeps her as the oh, villain, she... and that they yes. have evil babies. Like I want, I I want that to happen because we don't get that in YA ever, and it no. would be nice to root mm-hmm. for a villain. Kind of. I mean, I hate to root for the villain, but she's the best character, and she deserves the to be rooted for. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I will root for the villain any day in this book. Because guess what? They're great. <laughs> I just, I don't understand either, like, why it took them forever to get there. <laughs> and then one of the spindles is now missing. Right? Who's, who's is missing? Or the, one of the swords are missing or something like that. Girl, I have this bad habit of when I'm done with the book, I immediately forget how it ends. I don't understand why I do that. 
Yeah, well, I did the same thing, so... I've already forgotten what happens at the end. <sighs> I yeah, don't I, don't, I don't know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot. <laughs> I know he well, opens up a new... Well, okay, so I like the part where he, like, she goes to him, Erida goes to him, and he, like, opens up a spindle and he like sticks his hand through and something growls i was like "Ooh, i like that oh what's that yes oh yeah he asks if she's terrified and she answers like yes to it remember yeah her chapters i didn't skip read i read all the stuff in her chapters but i skipped read everybody wow sorry doesn't old girl's mom die with the kraken does she die? <laughs> oh. Corianne, does her mom die? I, don't I thought know. you said you read this, Ashley. <laughs> I think she did because I was skip reading as I do. And then towards the end of the book, they were like, oh, her mom died. She's sad. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Her mom died? And she didn't even like say, hey, mom, I made it. Look at me. I made it. I'm the, I'm the cord blade whatever oh um I don't know I was trying to figure out what happened at the end of this book here <laughs> I know she gets oh, he, oh um, yeah they've <coughs> lost a, a spindle that's what it was who lost it mm, Ronan dropped his head that Ronan guy or like advisor the the priest guy yeah. So Tristan loses his... Oh, no, the wizard. He's the wizard. The wizard, right. He looks like a priest. Oh, maybe. So Tristan yeah, lost no. his spindle? There's only two. Yeah, no, they lost it. And then, um, as if someone had simply misplaced it. And then it goes lost. I'll kill her. He hissed, and she said, "I'll help you." Did they have a battle? I don't even think they met. Did Corianne and Tristan no. meet? I don't think so. This is where I'm confused. Okay, so he gets poisoned in the last chapter, and then he's like, "Ha ha ha! I can't die." Okay. Yeah. That's all I got. It's over. Yeah, they lose it. Well, then now yeah. that means they're going to go after the one that they can get, which is Oh Girl. It's lost. Yeah, I don't remember that. That's funny. I don't even remember. It's <laughs> 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 the important part. Okay. I don't have anything else that's spoilery. That's that's all I've got. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I've got. Well, and that has been our final review of Rome Breaker by Victoria Aviard. And until next time, we'll catch you in the next podcast for some beachy reads. Bye-bye, beachies. Bye-bye.